Masters Week on the Golf.com podcast is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Superior Razors shipped straight to your door at half the drugstore price. Get $5 off your first order with the code GOLF at harrys.com. Lastly, we're sponsored by FanDuel. Now that baseball is back, you can try the fun and competition of Daily Fantasy risk-free for up to 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com and enter the code GOLF. It's just, it's just crazy. It's just surreal. Um, you know, words can't really describe the feelings and the emotions. You know, you're so much involved in, in what you're doing when you're on the golf course, and then obviously you do something special, and it still doesn't sink in, you know, quite what you've achieved. This is just a different league. You know, it's a major, it's a Masters. You know, you practice, that's what you do, you know, for endless hours, chipping, putting, hitting shots, imagining hitting shots at certain golf courses at certain times. And fortunately enough today, I've been able to, to relive some of them dreams and some of them practice sessions. That was the newly crowned Masters champion, Danny Willett, and this is the Golf.com podcast. Recapping the Masters, I'm your host, Sean Zock, wrapping up what was an absolutely incredible finish to what we thought would be a pretty dull Masters tournament in 2016, actually, going into the day, and it was pretty much Spieth and nobody else uh, as far as who we expected to really contend, especially when we got to the back nine. Alongside me is SI Golf editor Jeff Ritter, and though the madness of the Masters back nine ended a couple hours ago, we are sitting here still in some form of disbelief about what happened today. Jeff, we can't quite get to Danny Willett's win without talking about Jordan Spieth's loss. What the heck happened? I'm still trying to make sense of it. We, we talked about it just before coming on. Uh, how, how in your wildest imagination... Could you ever imagine Jordan Spieth walking off the ninth green with a five-shot lead? And we're in the media. We we like good stories. We want a little suspense. We think, gosh, wouldn't it, we'd like to see somebody make a run maybe at Jordan, make this a little bit more exciting and less of a coronation. And the way the tournament flipped, uh, for him to make the two bogeys and then just the the completely stunning quadruple that's going to re- be replayed, unfortunately for Spieth and for fans of his, that one's going... That one's going down in history, and uh, it's it's still very hard to process even even now as we sit here a couple hours later. Yeah, definitely going down in history. We'll see just the images of him, particularly his second shot at the at the par three twelve. Spieth got to Amen Corner. He was five under. He had just bogeyed both the tenth and eleventh after rattling off four birdies to round up his front nine. He calls it a, a dream come true front nine, which is. It was, for all intents and purposes, a dream come true. Smiley Kaufman had faded, the guy that was sharing the pairing with him. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama had faded, and Bernard Longer, <laughs> as yeah, well stage, as... The stage was set. The stage was <laughs> set, and so he, he bogeyed a couple and then gets to 12, and it was the kind of thing that caught the media center by surprise, and a lot of people by surprise were sitting there watching it, and his first shot hits the bank on 12, falls back into Ray's Creek, so then we're like, holy cow, that completely changed the ball game here. Spieth's still in the driver's seat, but he's probably going to make a double bogey here. Might get up and down for bogey, but either way, another shot given back to the field. And then he goes and chunks his next yeah. approach shot on 12. It barely even didn't even, it barely even barely reached. The water. Yeah, which yeah. is incredible in its own right. And then he takes a third shot, goes into the bunker long, was able to kind of get up and down from there, but makes quad right. bogey. And it was so crazy because one thing that people don't realize is obviously the leaderboards, there's leaderboards all over the golf course at Augusta National. Yep. Just about every single hole. 
But in the media center, there is one huge digital leaderboard and names drop down the leaderboard one at a time. And all of a sudden you see Speed's name at five under go all the way down to one under. And yeah. it, it was basically like just shock swept over the entire media center. They have uh, they have digital uh, leaderboards in the media center, but they make them function like a hand operated yeah. leaderboard to create a little extra drama. I think I tell you what it, it was, it just that, that groan and that shock that just it ripped through the golf course. It ripped through the media center. As you said, it ripped through people watching at home. You know, it was just so stunning to see Spieth who for seven straight rounds at Augusta, you know, dating back to last year, just looked unbreakable at this golf course. And we talk a lot about the roars, the famous roars of Augusta national. And we did hear a few of them, uh, three aces on yeah. Sunday, which was extremely cool. And, and, you know, crowd was fired up, but the, the other flip side of that is the Augusta groan when that, when that quadruple bogey is posted around the golf course on the hand operated scoreboards, that's a groan that rips through the golf course and it's it's unique and distinct in its own right. It's every bit as distinct as an Augusta roar, but you know, the exact opposite. It's just you know, this whole visceral reaction of something very shocking and and you know, something just truly uh inexplicable happening. Yeah, the Masters is such a cool event to be at in person. This is my first one. You've been here plenty of times, but it's, it's really cool to be out there when scores are being yeah. posted on the leaderboard. Yeah. But like golf tends to be on a Sunday, it's almost best to be watching uh, from home when you can have a view or a video of every single shot being played. So I'm sure a lot of people wrote on that course didn't even know what Jordan Spieth did. They probably won't know until they see video of it later on. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, the golfers are certainly aware of what's happening. Uh, some watch, watch the leaderboards more than others, but it's part of what makes the master so special is the layout of the course. You can hear it. I mean, these, these, uh, these reactions are happening all around you when you're playing around and when you're a fan, you know, you, you hear these things happening and you, the excitement just builds upon itself as the Sunday goes along. And so that quadruple bogey was such a stunner. It wasn't deflating. Isn't the right word. You know, it was just this new emotion yeah. entered, entered the whole golf course, entered the press center entered yeah. anybody watching it at home. All of a sudden you had this visceral, you know, stomach churning reaction that you like, just, what do we do now? Now what? Yeah. yeah. Now for the, for three straight days and, and really for two consecutive masters, we had one, one story it's was incredible. Jordan Spieth and what could, you know, this, the, this march towards history that he was on. And all of a sudden his name, as you said, just topples from the top slowly down after this quad. And you're looking at a tournament that's it was almost unrecognizable. Yeah, it's like, true. Where where are we now? Yeah, what is this we have yeah. with you know six holes left to go? And it was what unbelievable. We, what we did have was Danny Willett who replaced Speed at top the leaderboard at that time that it happened though. Willett's only I believe three groups ahead of Jordan Spieth, so not super far ahead of him. I think he was probably in the he was probably on fifteen or approaching sixteen. Yeah, was, yeah, playing and, fifteen, about to. Play 16, so he yeah. makes makes birdie on 15 and then gets ready for his tee shot on 16. And I'm sure at this point he didn't quite have a clue of what all had went down, but he hits a great approach on 16, yep. makes a clutch birdie. All of a sudden he's at five under and he's the guy that ended up winning the Masters. His first green jacket, obviously. His first major, obviously. Posts a five under round of 67. His second, par, uh, second under par round of the tournament. 
pretty incredible finish from him. Uh, and we're going to have to see what he looks like in green. We're going to have to get used to it uh, because the patrons saw it afterward on the 18th green. And you saw it on TV in Butler Cabin. It's hard to believe surreal. that Danny Willett is the Masters winner right now. It was now. surreal. Uh, I mean, Danny Willett is, by all accounts, a rising star. He is now a star. Yes. I mean, let's 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 at least state that fact. It's not we can't call this a fluke winner. Uh, this is a guy that he isn't that well known in the U.S., but he he's still has number been, twelve in the yeah, world. He's quietly moved up to number twelve on the heels of four European Tour victories. He pushed Rory McIlroy last year for the race to Dubai all the way to the finish line. So uh, he's a guy that uh, those who follow European golf more closely have seen coming. But here in the U.S., really an unknown heading into the week. But, you know, he only had three holes. He played three holes with the lead, and he played them all extremely well. You yeah. mentioned already the, the 16th hole where he made the birdie. The 17th hole, he put himself on the wrong side of the green and yeah. had an absolutely – Brutal up and down that he handled so well. That chip shot on yeah. 17, we'll remember the, the the birdie on 16, but that up and down on 17 was absolutely clutch. Yeah. And then the other thing he did really very well was the mental game. On 18, he didn't hit driver. No, I thought that was would. extremely savvy veteran move. So that's the type of move that someone makes when they're ready to win a green jacket. Because yeah. if you miss that fairway, of all fairways oh. to hit, that's the fairway you got to hit. And for him to pull three wood, put it in play, and then go on to make an easy par, uh, you know, if you're going to play three holes with the lead at the Masters, he played he played his three holes the right way. No, it's very true because, as you said, 18 can be very tricky if you miss the fairway. Jordan Spieth double bogeyed that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Bryson DeChambeau had, uh, was near the lead, and he triple yeah. bogeyed it on Friday. So that, that hole is a great finishing hole for a reason. You have to shoot – some tee shot down the down a, 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 a must be a hundred yards worth of patrons on your left yeah, and your right. right up the chute. <laughs> very, you know, it's very intimidating, and the the hole will open up from there. But you're right, Danny Willett with the three wood getting out into the fairway and and playing perfect golf once he had the lead. And you know that's something we couldn't quite say for Jordan Spieth. He made it for all of uh, what would be I guess 65 holes or something like that. Jordan Spieth. But then in the end, he had to put the jacket on and Denny Willett, the green jacket. I don't know the how. The ultimate twist. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how much pain like that took him to actually, instead of knowing that he was going to put the green jacket on himself again, actually put it on Denny Willett. Like, oh, that kills me to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to you gotta tip your hat to Jordan Spieth for handling the moment with class. And you also have to tip your hat to Jordan Spieth for hanging in the tournament. I mean, the tournament could have been over with that quadruple bogey, but he did come right back in birdie 13. And He made you know, things he, interesting. He, he kept it interesting. He kept this thing a tournament until the 17th hole. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely brutal uh, scene. You just you, Your heart just broke for Spieth. You're happy for Willett. He's a great story uh, in his own right. But Yeah, he wasn't yeah. even expected to be here right. a couple months ago. Yeah, son Zachariah was supposed to be, I, I believe, projected to be born during Masters Week. Uh, Willett said he'd skip the event if the, the event that that happened. But uh, his son arrived on March 30th. Here comes Danny Willett to Augusta. So uh, he's a great story. But this is going to go down as one of those majors. And there are several of them in history. And this, this is going to go on that list where you remember the runner-up. You remember the collapse. Uh, at the very least, 
as as soon as you remember the winner and maybe Danny Willett goes on to have a big career he certainly might and you remember it as sort of both the start of Danny Willett and a Jordan Spieth collapse but as we sit here tonight it's it it looks like this is the Masters that'll be remembered for one of the most shocking collapses in major championship history uh I went bogey bogey quad um I went five five seven was playing a you know a dream come true front nine and then um I knew par was good enough and maybe that was what hurt me just um just wasn't quite aggressive at the ball with my three wood six iron on 10 and then the drive on 11 and then uh um just uh you know lapse in concentration on 12 and it and it, it cost me that was jordan spieth summing up where his 2016 masters went so painfully wrong <laughs> tough questions to answer i'm sure for the 22 year old from texas he really was maybe still is a magician of Augusta National here at the Masters, but he let one slip away today in a very big way. Really goes to show just how quickly it can happen here, especially on the back nine. Sunday was very slow. It seemed odd. We only had a few roars at Augusta National today. It seemed like the tournament was all but wrapped up, and then boom, boom, two shots in the drink, and it's a completely different ball game. Unfortunately for Jordan, it begs the question of comparison. Where does this rank among the all-time worst collapses? Yeah, that's those are going to be the lists that get trotted out uh, all week long, um, and uh, you know we're still it's still pretty fresh as we're talking tonight. The one I keep coming back to is Greg Norman. Yeah, um, you know I don't I don't <laughs> I know that's that really is probably at the top of the list, and this is the one that's the one I keep sort of batting around in my head. Is this worse than that? And it I might, think it, it, might, might, it be. might be. I mean, it was five shots at the turn. Yeah. This was really, this tournament was really shifting into coronation mode. Yeah. I mean, he just looked absolutely unflappable. And to go from that to, to losing by three shots, uh, I, I mean, I'm tempted. I, I hate to be the need. You don't want to make the knee jerk reaction and say that's the worst Masters, you know, collapse ever. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> no, you know, but you're over right. the top in, in, a, in the heat of the moment. But I really am struggling to come up with anything more shocking than what we saw today. In some aspects, you're definitely right, because Greg Norman, I believe, was a six stroke lead through 54 holes. Right. Something yes. like that. Yeah. And so this was Spieth having a five stroke lead through 63 holes and and many others through even more holes than that so that's what is gonna make this collapse rank so highly is that he was so close to the finish line and anyone who knows this course and knows this tournament knows you're not close enough to the finish line until you are like walking up the 18th fairway you know if you if yeah. you haven't gone through amen corner then you're not you're not close to a green jacket I, yet I, I think it was just what makes this I, I think possibly the, the most shocking collapse in major championship history is the fact, even you look at Greg Norman, when, when, he, when he had the meltdown, he was still trying to win his first Masters. Yeah, this is We're different. still talking about something that you're, you're still a guy, even though he looked great that week, he was still trying to do something he'd never done. Jordan Spieth was, you know, becoming, he was nine holes away from completing what might have been one of the greatest accomplishments in major championship history. So yeah. to go from from that to where we are, it, it really is just a shocker. I mean, no one no one had ever gone wire to wire to repeat. Yeah. You know, wire to wire eight straight rounds had never happened in major championship history. Yeah. That's where he was. He was nine holes away from that. 
to end up losing by three. This is this is really one that I, I you know, I'm, I'm still trying yeah. to. I, I just, John, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's 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 worse that would rank higher, but I can't right now. Yeah, you know, um, Jay Williams, the ESPN college basketball analyst, former basketball player at Duke. He said this is the uh, basically the gulf form of what Northern Iowa did in the tournament a couple weeks ago when they lost. They blew the what must have been a 12-point lead in the, in the last minute against Texas A&M. Now we're jogging people's memories to what was a second-round game in the NCAA tournament, but it's that kind of thing. It's like you, you were so, 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 so close, and uh, your margin of victory at that point was very big, and it slipped away from your grasp and didn't even – reach a playoff uh it was it was trending towards a playoff possibly at one point danny willett with a couple holes to play jordan spieth had made birdie on 15 was approaching 16 he was at three under so he was two shots back yep and hit a good shot on 16 but yep. uh missed a putt and uh you know and then it was up to him to birdie it was a tough putt it, it was, was above, a tough putt it was probably six seven footer above the hole above the hole a couple he, he a was, couple Inches yeah. of break, at least. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, we got a good look on that at, on the TV cameras, and that was uh, the putt was no bargain. No, definitely not. And Spieth ended up tying for second at two under, three shots back of Willett, uh, alongside Lee Westwood of all people. Hello, a shocker. Uh, just <laughs> he shot three under sixty nine for uh, a very impressive round. He's one of the few guys who has three rounds under par. He might be one. Of, he might be the only guy with three rounds under par this week yeah. uh which is just goes to say how consistent golf needed to be played to win this masters pretty impressive but you know i think a couple of years down the road we're just going to look back at lee westwood and say you came up a couple strokes shy of your first major yeah he's he'll be sort of a footnote to uh the two main acts uh, which of course are spieth and, and Willett. uh westwood is he's clearly a horse for the course uh, he's been racking up top tens in majors throughout his career and the masters he's had a lot of near misses as well. This one won't really go down as a near miss for him. I mean, he had a chance maybe to play his way into it uh, over his last three holes, but just didn't make anything. All of a sudden, when his name was tucked right there under Danny Willett, uh, the hole seemed to close up. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't. Uh, it's kind of the story, unfortunately, uh, of Lee's career, where he's he's has the ball striking and certainly around Augusta, he has the guile and the creativity. It's just putts, chipping and putting. And uh, just didn't have, wasn't able to get anything in there at the end of the round to maybe put a little more pressure on Willett today. Yeah, and of all people, he's really running out of opportunities. I don't, yeah. I don't think we can have very high expectations for Lee Westwood uh, as far as majors go, but you never know. Well, that's how golf works. Uh, another guy who really could not hit a putt today was Dustin Johnson, and yeah. he struck the ball beautifully. You got to see a lot of him if you watched the CBS uh, broadcast today. And he struck the ball incredibly well, reached a bunch of par fives in two, just could not make the 20-foot eagle putts, and really at, at times couldn't make the 12-foot birdie putts. If he drops a couple of those, Dustin Johnson very well could be wearing the green jacket. I don't know if it's, if it's fair. You know, for how he struck the ball today, one under I think is something not only to come up short of, of a Masters win, but to only have one, one under on your scorecard I think – definitely something that disappoints him yeah this is of all the close calls and and Dustin Johnson is no stranger to the emotions that Jordan Spieth is feeling right now he's <laughs> Dustin Johnson has authored a few of the yeah. of the bigger 
meltdowns in major championship history, but he's never had one at Augusta. And he didn't today. I mean, it, you know, Spieth will, will own the story for that, but Dustin Johnson has proven capable of winning any major. Um, Augusta's the one really where he hadn't contended until last year. It was his first top 10. And now to see him pop up again today, uh, really hitting all the shots that you would need to make a run. All, yeah. all the only thing missing was the putts. Like the you said, he, he put himself in position. Oh. And, you know, Augusta really is, it's of the four majors. It, it places the greatest emphasis on putting. And so seeing Dustin today put those greens makes makes me feel like his best shot at breaking through at a major is probably going to be something more like the British where the greens are flatter or yeah. maybe a PGA. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm not sure. You know, you can reach all these par fives and two, but you've got to hold the putts. And I just, uh, you know, it's a good week for Dustin, but I don't know if this he, is ultimately where his major breakthrough happens. Yeah, and everyone is going to keep saying it, and rightfully so, that the guy is too good to not win a major. But he's approaching uh, a point at which Sergio Garcia was a couple years ago, where you get very close and you're a top 10 player in the world and you win other big tournaments but you don't win these four big tournaments. Uh, yeah. Do you think he's getting to that point? Because I think yeah. he's getting there. I think he's approaching. It's the, the guy we talked about just a few minutes ago. I think you could look at Lee Westwood and yeah. say, Dustin Johnson, his career arc is heading that direction. And Westwood's he's had a hall of fame caliber career, uh, but the major championships have haunted him. Yeah. And Westwood came very close a few times and, and then, you know, now it's sort of what we saw today, maybe the backdoor top 10 today, backdoor T2. Yeah. But, uh, Dustin Johnson needs to get one of these soon because I, it's only, it only gets harder. The longer this goes on, the longer he comes up just short, especially as he continues to put himself in position where he has a chance to win. Got to get one at some point. Before we continue, I need to take a break to talk about another sponsor that we have at the golf.com podcast. It's Harry's razors. Harry's razors is easily one of the newest additions to my bathroom and one of my favorite additions to my downtown Manhattan bathroom. Harry's razors are great. That's really all it comes down to. I've been using them uh, myself for about the past week or so. Every other day I enter the bathroom with a mean stubble only to leave that bathroom 15 minutes later with a smooth baby face. I love it every single time. They really are great, and they're even more than that, though. Harry's gives you factory direct prices, cutting out the middleman, shipping their products right to your door. So do yourself a favor and stop getting ripped off. Get Harry's razors. Harry's starter set is the best option for new customers and a great deal. For just 15 bucks, you get a razor handle, foaming shave gel, that stuff's really nice, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. That's how you know they're good. Plus, for listeners of this show, Harry's is giving you $5 off your first purchase with promo code GULF. G-O-L-F. Go to harrys.com right now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Make sure you use that code GOLF, G-O-L-F, at checkout to let them know that I sent you to Harry's for your razors. Yeah, Dustin Johnson definitely had the opportunity to create a couple roars at Augusta National today. And all things considered, it was a relatively quiet Masters up until the last hour and a half or so. You know, on the back nine today, though, there was a very a couple of roars uh, that weren't even by people that were in the race for this event. There was three aces that we saw today, yeah. and <laughs> all on 16, a hole that tends to have aces at times because of where they put the pin and how the green will funnel towards that hole. But we had three different aces, Davis Love, Louis Oosthuizen, 
And the third one is escaping me right Lowry. now. Lowry. Oh, Lowry had Lowry. He kicked Lowry. it off because it was so early. Lowry had the first one, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, three aces. That's just – in one day at, at Augusta National, that's incredible. It was. Uh, it was a feel-good Sunday there for a while, wasn't yeah. it? It was uh, – the roars were back. We hadn't heard any – we hadn't heard a roar at Augusta National since the par three contest on Wednesday yeah. when, they had, when nine, they had nine. Nine aces. The roars were dropping all over the place. But uh, – that was that was a historic uh, little anecdote to the day to have those three hole in ones. And how about Louis, who has a double eagle to his resume on the second hole uh, from a few few years back? He ended up losing it to Bubba in a playoff that year. But now today he has the I think the craziest hole in one in oh, Masters absolutely. history, possibly in major championship history. The cue shot that yeah. pops off of. Takes a bounce off of J.B. Holmes' ball. Nearly knocks Holmes' ball in. That would have been insane if they both dropped. Yeah. And then you have to take Holmes' out and put it back out and make the putt again. But uh, that was the wildest hole-in-one I think I've I've ever seen. If you have not seen the video of that, you have to look at it. It's pretty incredible because you see where Holmes' ball is sitting on the green, and then you see Louis Eisenhower's ball traveling towards it, and you figure there's there's no way that this ball hits his and then goes in on its own. But as you said, as a cue shot, Ustazen's ball kicks off a little bit and then continues funneling into the hole. That was incredible. That's where really started the roars at Augusta National today. Uh, definitely some unexpected success at that at that hole. Something else that was unexpected about this Masters was a couple names that were pretty high on the leaderboard through 54 holes, and maybe it was a little more expected that they would fade today on Sunday. Bernard Langer, Smiley Kaufman, guys that – Really, uh, they through 54 holes, they were surprises, you could say. Smiley Kaufman, a 24-year-old, yeah. uh, out of LSU from Alabama. And then Bernard Langer from, from Germany, the 58-year-old who was hanging around. Both of them did not play well. Langer shoots seven over to finish his tournament at six over. Pretty incredible stuff still, T, T24 from a 58-year-old. And then Kaufman shoots nine over, 81 today. Yeah. Bright yeah. future for those guys, uh, for for Kaufman at least, and then for Langer on the on the Champions Tour. But uh, it's it's that's kind of the the Masters moment. Sometimes it, it gets to you, and I think that's kind of what happened with those guys. I think Kaufman was just in the wrong group today. If he was gonna break through, and if he were if he were to be the guy to be waiting for, after Spieth collapsed, I think he needed to be a, a group or two earlier. Yeah. Playing in the final group comes with its own unique. Uh, form of pressure being center stage and in the spotlight for the first time and in, and in your first masters I, it's that's a lot that's a lot for anybody to take on smiley koffman got uh you know he got his rookie education this week yep. he got he had he the highs it. and lows he and today was like the was the masters class for smiley and yep. um good for him for playing himself in the final group it's extremely impressive to get there and he'll learn from this. He's a tour winner, and yeah. he's got a bright future. And then uh, on the flip side, uh, for Bernhard Langer, uh, he doesn't need any more experience or any more <laughs> of a any more. Uh, <laughs> he's got his PhD at this point, as no. far as uh, you've kept that analogy two. going. Really, I don't well. know. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> reaching for it now. But I'm going to see how long I can carry this out. Uh, he should be giving speeches at the graduations. Now, no longer <laughs> enrolled in school, but today, I think for him, he needed he needed another day of wind. He needed severe weather because that was, that was one of the great equalizers for him that negated the other players advantage with length was the wind blowing. And it put a a greater emphasis on control 
Longer was getting outdriven by Jason Day by 40 yards on Saturday, yeah. and they posted the same score. But today, it was too calm. It was not a uh, a Bernhard Longer type of setup for him today. So still good for him for being there three rounds deep into this tournament. Certainly. They, they'll be disappointed, uh, I'm sure, but that'll fade, I'm sure. Over time, uh, as far as disappointment goes, when you look at the leaderboard of guys that had a chance going into today, is Jason Day the most disappointing how he played? Is is it Roy McIlroy just in terms of of everything that he didn't do throughout the the tournament? Is it like is I, I found myself most disappointed in Day because yeah he he started this tournament people are gonna forget that he was five under through nine holes on Thursday afternoon and was trending towards taking Spieth down and just played very, very average golf after that. Yeah, I, Ma- McElroy for me, is more of my disappointment of Saturday. You know, at that point, Rory had played his way into the final group, head-to-head with Jordan Spieth, and just it didn't have it. He, played, he just played erratically all day. So Rory, I wouldn't put Rory as a disappointment for today. I didn't expect him to win. I, I, I felt like going into the day, even though it was only five back, mathematically, maybe he could make a run. I just felt, I felt like... Um, he missed his chance. Jason Day, I thought, could make a run today. He had played the front nine so well for the first uh, for the first three days, and then today just didn't come out of the gate with anything. No, a uh, bunch of pars, then I, a bogey on five. Yeah, at that point, you're really at that point really you're down to speed. Really, it was done lot. when he parred eight, and, and he was he he made the turn um, even par. There was he he needed to be a couple under par and be one of those guys putting putting pressure on and maybe he could have been there when when speed uh melted down but yeah jason day there's a lot of you know blow-ups happening still around the course i was surprised to see day not make a run but augusta is one of those places where i do think he'll win sometime he does have two top fives he is good there yeah he has the game that it requires the course it but. just wasn't his time. I don't want to say it wasn't his day. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Please don't. But do uh, that. but it just it didn't click for Jason Day this week. Before we continue, uh, one quick note about another sponsor here at the Sports Illustrated Podcast Network, FanDuel. It's that time of year. Baseball is back. You hear the crack of the bat. You smell the freshly mowed grass. And for me, uh, as a big Brewers fan, that means tailgating outside Miller Park. Basically the most fun you can have in a baseball stadium parking lot. That's all good and fun, but I've got another way for you to make baseball even more fun. It's daily fantasy baseball. If you're not playing FanDuel this season, you're missing out on the most fun a baseball fan can have. On FanDuel, you get to choose. Do you compete for cash with fans from around the world? Or start a tinier league and keep up with friends while you play? Either way, you get to be the GM by studying the matchups and being your own personal version of Moneyball by setting that winning lineup. Entry fees start at just a buck. That's $1, so there's no season-long commitment. Play for one day or play for 180 days. That's the whole season. 162 games plus the playoffs. But here's the best part. FanDuel is giving new players their first game risk-free. It'll cost you nothing in the end. Just go to FanDuel.com and enter the code GOLF. That's G-O-L-F. Go ahead and enter a FanDuel league or start one with your friends. If you don't win any prize in your first contest, you get that $10 right back to your FanDuel account for more play. That's FanDuel.com with my code GOLF, G-O-L-F, for a risk-free tournament at up to $10. One more player that we can't uh, we can't forget about at this tournament was the low amateur Bryson DeChambeau, a guy a lot of people talked about coming into the 2016 Masters, a guy people were forced to talk about through most of the second round on Friday as he was cr- climbing up the leaderboard and looking at a final pairing with Jordan Spieth until the 36th hole. But Bryson DeChambeau, low amateur, gets to visit Butler Cabin. You know, the guy... 
He shot five over throughout the tournament, three rounds of 72, so he did not card a round in the, uh, in, the, in the red, which I'm sure he'll be disappointed at. But it was pretty cool to see him out there. And yeah. I, I got to follow him along for a couple holes. I'm sure you did as well. To see this guy who's changing the game, quote-unquote, that's a cliche <laughs> that, that surrounds his name now. But to see him out there, uh, it's, it's the kind of guy that – He's gonna. We're gonna see him on tour a lot starting it's, next week. Yeah, he's a unique character, uh, unique swing, unique clubs. Everything about him is a little bit different, and uh, you know he's he got a moment in the spotlight this weekend. Um, got got to the bright lights and and made that uh, sort of those few bad swings at the end of the day on Saturday. Otherwise, three rounds of even par is nothing to nothing. hang your head about. Yeah. It's clear that DeChambeau is gonna be a guy we're talking about. Uh, for years to come, he's got a huge future, and he's got a spot on both of our respective fantasy golf teams. That's right. Poorly, so, so we yeah, are enjoying. We're, buying, we're both buying in, Sean, to the Bryson DeChambeau uh, <laughs> future that's ahead. We'll enjoy his success. Uh, he's a very, very confident guy. So yep. he's turning pro next week. Now, I guess he's probably pro as of right now. Now that his yeah, Masters is finished, turn pro on. At ten o'clock on a Sunday night, <laughs> and they, you know, from from the crow's nest. I don't know if you're allowed. To, maybe you can. I mean, how's he going to pay for the crow's nest? He's got to check exactly. out, right? I don't. Yep. Know, maybe maybe it's time. <laughs> so he he signed a deal though with with uh, with Puma Cobra. So he's going to be flaunting the the Puma colors. I'm sure for years and years to come. But a very exciting guy. He's an American. We might see him on a Ryder Cup one day which is the only reason that we have to talk about the Ryder Cup is because you look at this top 10 of the Masters 2016 leaderboard, and if you're yeah. an American, it is scary. Now, you don't want to put all of your uh, expectations for an event that's six months away to, to let it ride on one tournament, but this is the biggest tournament of the year. And if you look at the, at the leaderboard, you've got Willett, Ryder Cupper, Westwood, probable Ryder Cup, or at least uh, past Ryder Cupper. Now, Paul Casey has not committed whether or not he'll play, but he finishes T4. You have Matthew Fitzpatrick. Finishes, he'll be on the team. He'll be on the team. Soren uh, Kelson, he's even. He's definitely maybe. in the mix. Yeah, maybe. Justin Rose will be on the team. Rory McIlroy will be on the team. It goes down the line. T17, Rafa Cabrera-Bello right now Probably. on the yeah. team. Yeah. There's a very good showing from uh, the prospective European Ryder Cup team. Does that scare you at all? Uh, at this point, I, I this, we don't want to do a full <laughs> Ryder Cup preview show, no. but I think if you were going to go back and and do one of those uh, lists where, where you cross over all sports and try to list sports dynasties, I think the European Ryder Cup Ooh. team has reached the level where it would crack that list. Okay. They're, at, they're at that point where yeah. the way they have dominated this rivalry in recent years, the run that they're on. Yep, three consecutive wins by the, by the Europeans over the span of what is approaching seven or eight years. I mean, I would, I would turn it all the way back into the 90s, yeah. you know, even before Brookline when the U.S. broke through there. Uh, the European Ryder Cup team is a juggernaut, and you take them lightly at your own peril. The U.S. I, you know, we we wanted to talk about the U.S. being a favorite here and there. You yeah. know, this year when we when you look at the points, it's kind of silly talk, it, right? It, yeah, Early it is. on, well, it certainly looks like it today. Uh, it's it's certainly the, the whole conversation kind of shifts when you look at the leaderboard now at the Masters, but a lot a lot will change between now. And the Ryder Cup again, the teams will start to take more shape. But you know, <laughs> this is a big, this is a major uh, success story for Europe this week. There's no question. He's right. There you have it, folks. That was Jeff Ritter and myself recapping the 2016 Masters. 
and all the implications of everything that happened here today at Augusta National. A wildly surprising Sunday is how we'll all surely remember it. Thanks for listening and tuning in each day this weekend. Subscribe to the podcast so you can continue receiving your weekly digest of golf from golf.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock.